This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! And welcome back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. My letterbox account is CM Darth. if you're going to search for that username. I'm doing my best to make lists of all the movies spoken of each month. So if that interests you, go ahead and give me a follow. Or at least stop by Letterboxd to check out The Poetic Critic. That's The Poetic Critic. All one word. I was thinking I had to rush to get this uh, episode out so that Apple says, oh, it's still a weekly podcast, but realized it took my birthday week off, so no rush no pressure and i kind of need that right now it's a kind of a tough birthday week you know going to danville to for a date to then be told at the end of the date hey text me back when you get home and then i find out since texting meant tinder messaging that she had unmatched me by the time i got home so yeah, ego's a little bruised, but thanks to all my Facebook friends who uh, showed sympathy at least. And otherwise, you know, I have, after this, still four more episodes in the can, but I haven't been able to do much when it comes to watching movies, and I would say that it's almost lucky that I got the Alley's Accessory Shop on Etsy's movie review done last night or watch the movie. I'll give you the review shortly. And that movie was Empire from 2002 starring John Leguizamo. I believe it's kind of a vanity project of his himself. Look, he's good in everything. With that said, I will not watch The Pest to take that idea. It's a movie about heroin dealers trying to justify that as your purest form of capitalism which i think is appropriate to bring up since the movie this week that we're going to focus on is willy wonka and the chocolate factory be it chocolate be it h there's a lot of money to be made on the suffering of others but with that said i'm going to get into that empire review and we'll get on to the show after that on these streets. All this right here is family. You know I love you, man. Your word is your bond. How much do I need to invest? 4.5 million dollar minimum. He's a Wall Street guy. It's a different animal. This is the way we should be living. My woman deserves it. My kid deserves it. This Friday. Hey, Vic, you took the money. Two worlds collide. I gotta go to war. Be that alone. Why don't you go back to your ghetto? Oh, you kind of quiet with the heat Empire. Rated R. At theaters Friday. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. John Leguizamo in Frank Reyes's Empire. It's, I think, perhaps the Hispanic equivalent to Boontock Saints craze, just trying to give us a gritty ethnic theme film. This one for the people of genuine ethnicity. Sorry to pick on the Irish. 
It's just a different shade of vanilla. It's as well-directed, I guess, as anything Troy Duffy's delivered. Nothing really stands out. It's just a, another moral tale about a Hispanic American in the Bronx who's just trying to survive and make a living the best he can. After he goes and follows the order of the main supplier, played by Isabella Rossellini, who might be the best part of the movie, at least performance-wise, to wipe out another gang, well, the child of the drug dealer is shot, so he decides he's got to find a way out, especially now that his girlfriend's pregnant. And seemingly connected, though, as he meets Jack Wimmer, played by Peter Sosgard, Mr... Maggie Gyllenhaal. I got his name correct, so that's all that's really important. He's an investment banker, and he's got deals that might be able to legitimize Victor, John Leguizamo's character's opportunity to get out of the heroin business and do something with his life. Of course, you never trust white people. Everything goes to hell for him, and he's just doing his best to get it all back. As I say, there's nothing really to call home about in this movie doesn't really have a lot of action despite what the tv spot i delivered has it has one great action scene it's not really that great but there's a nice gimmick of the rapper fat joe just further escalating his weaponry in a firefight and that's really the only firefight everything else is pretty dull it makes me wonder if denise richards could ever have acted has ever acted well I'm sorry, I wasn't overly impressed by Starship Troopers, and yeah, I haven't seen Wild Things, so maybe I gotta give her a few more opportunities. This movie, I guess, is Carlito's Way Light, similar ending, and it's, I just am curious, is it Catholic guilt that the drug dealers can never go and win the day? Sorry if that's an implied spoiler. Let's just say it doesn't end up as well as you'd like for our hero or protagonist in this case. It's just disappointing that John Leguizamo is just far too likable for subpar cinema. I mean, I've stood and said uh, Super Mario Brothers is worth a watch. That did spend a good 20 years as subpar. It's just a hard-to-find movie in that case, and I found a copy and I didn't have to pay much for it. Rediscovered it. Sad that he gets wiped out in a lot of his good movies and... You know, you want to see more for him than being a sloth, I suppose. Again, walking on that spoiler terms, but I don't really think you're going to want to rent the movie based on me, so give me about 15 seconds. When is it that we're going to have white people end up with this ending? When it comes to greed and capitalism, was what I mean. Gordon Gecko did sequel to Wall Street, so it's just uh, very interesting, especially for a feature that came out during the resurgence or rediscovery of Scarface by pretty much the hip hop community, which is, you know, obviously closely tied to other non white uh, groups. It's perhaps a time capsule at best, nothing that you need to take the time to go and see. It could be good background noise. I'm not going to say it's a total waste of time. It just has to have the right uh, setting for it. Now, what isn't a waste of time is one of the three movies that I pretty much had growing up on VHS until VHS was affordable format. And that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is Michael Dubois' favorite movie. And we'll find out if it remains his favorite movie because as 
in his case, a ultra-left anarchist, and in my case, a communist, we're not really that down with the entire capitalism attitude that Willy Wonka professes. Is he perhaps too naive uh, to really get a grasp on everything? That'll actually be discussed next week, and we're going to go and break down Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hopefully we won't destroy any other childhoods, but in the interim, if you want to be on the podcast, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Just offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. As long as we focus on sub-100 minute material, I'm sure we'll get some podcast gold. I'm not ashamed of any episodes thus far just my ability to handle technology at times uh, michael dubois can attest to that with our commando episode so i guess hey we could do commando again get it right this time we did that to space balls so otherwise uh follow me on social media the handle is at cat that's at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s so if you're looking to get Alexa or Google to find me on those voice devices, your Echoes, your Nest, what have you, Google Home, ask about Russ Stevens. I guess I am first on the podcast game with that name. Sorry for that British magician. Ask it to play either the latest episode of 90 for Chill, the podcast, or the latest episode from Russ Stevens. Okay, this is kind of getting awkward. I see the ticker going so let me try to wrap this up of course rate and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify what have you five star reviews are best just to help the algorithm out and if you want to talk trash to me do that at my twitter account again that's at catbusruss at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s I think it's more fun to debate movie thoughts than dealing with a bunch of conservatives who just love to display their lack of passion. I think we're almost done with that uh, endeavor of mine. Always can make more time for movies. So uh, thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill the Podcast. Thanks, Stacia Harden, for still being my inspiration, and especially during my birthday week looking after me. I could sense that, and, you know, I'm glad you're there for me and everybody else's life you touched. We'll get on to the first part of our conversation about... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Michael Dubois. Hope we impress you enough that you'll come back next week. Thanks again. I'm so glad you could come. This is going to be such an exciting day. Ah! Little surprises around every corner, but nothing dangerous. Don't be alone. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going.
All right. Well, just watching the opening to Charlie, uh, sorry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory mm-hmm. with the guy uh, Bill from Bill's Candy just giving away candy. There's a great, um, there's a series, I think it's by Screen Rants technically, um, called Pitch Meetings. And it's just a guy pretty much acting against himself. Like he's got one green screen, then he puts himself on another green screen and acts as the pitcher, acts as the producer for the uh-huh. studio. And there's a great one on Willy Wonka. Okay. Like basically just about basically is so Grandpa Joe just just been laying around for 20 years. Is he evil? <laughs> it's hard to explain. Or the fizzy lifting drinks? How? Oh, they're going to get cut up by the fan. How are they going to get out, out of that? And it's the catchphrase that's taken the internet by storm. Oh, it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience, which is, is every one of these sketches. Like, there's a good one for uh, the Suicide Squad. So, uh, enough promoting other stuff. Um, but, hey, at least we've already given away what we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I am once again joined by Michael Dubois, and we're going to try starting off this Gene Wilder trilogy. I can't mm-hmm. necessarily recall if we actually announced it or if that was after the uh, red dot stopped blinking. Um, I don't recall either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, and I even went back and listened. I should remember this. Yeah. Oh no, I edited it, and as I said, well, you know, with that multiple F word. Uh, deal i mean as yeah. in different f words you know i just you know gave up on censoring the uh bill and ted one and then i get that awesome trailer like first trailer i find for uh ready or not on youtube to edit into it and they're just dropping f-bombs like oh come on <laughs> just I, I i had a chance to just like oh we have our sole explicit guest but yeah that's 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 on me i legitimately like forget 10 minutes in that you like you're trying to not be an explicit podcast (laughs) i forget that those exist sometimes well it's fun i'm gonna try i'm gonna try better this time because it is kind of a children's movie right i also don't expect children to listen to this i don't know no no it's it's whenever i do anything on youtube with the shorter episodes that uh podbean half the time puts up for me on youtube Mm. um i uh i don't say well you know it's 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 valid for the public everybody can watch it no no kids it's not for kids i mean it was a uh, leaving my uh, job today and had a uh, tricky customer and then his kids were there like he didn't end it up like well if I can't get it done this way then I'm not going to do it well his kids you know patiently waiting on him had Pokemon cards and like he doesn't buy the cards for him because he's done and it's like uh, and you know talking to a co-worker after dropping off the stuff and he just goes oh yeah kids awful and it's like this isn't about the kids <laughs> this time <laughs> Oh no, I agree. I agree. Bad concept, but <laughs> so yeah. not afraid to put my job at risk again. I guess, um, <laughs> but you know, it's 
All I can say is great place, better than Marine Bank. So that tells you where our IDES and <laughs> so we'll burn them down later, though. So, but uh, it's funny though. I was going on, uh, like, I wonder how many people classify on Apple Podcasts that their podcast is explicit, and I'd say not that many. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean now that i like when i think about it like there's there's not like unless like the subject material is like explicit inherently like yeah like i listen to some uh podcasts that like do like sex education and stuff like that like those they're just like yeah we have to we have to oh yeah um but but everything else is yeah pretty much free free game i I actually want to I want to check something real quick. Okay. Because, um, I just want to look at, up another podcast that I know should be explicit and don't know if it is or not. Yeah, I'll do that while we're. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm still. I like I said, still gonna still gonna try to not. Right. Can't but, promise that ten minutes from now I'm gonna forget. Oh, but... I got. I got. I got plenty of podcast juice as i'd like to call it so no. uh on standby so i can't guarantee myself i've i've broken the rule myself first before so Fair. let's see uh episode information we okay yeah colt cabana's uh wrestling anonymous sorry to rat you out colt um <laughs> <laughs> updated weekly clean like yeah no yeah. and i eh. So I wonder. I, I bet there is a. I bet there's like a some sort of threshold, or it maybe it just doesn't matter. Because like then again, podcasting is kind of like the wild west because like anybody can do it. Uh, yeah, that's um. Wait, wait, e for explicit. Okay, that one makes sense. Yeah, that one's e for explicit. Okay, so yeah, a good a good portion of the ones that I listen to <laughs> are explicit. Oh yeah. No, and... which should tell you something about why it's hard for me <laughs> right well no it's i mean i'm just i'm just amazed i haven't dropped a haven't had to cut out a c-bomb by some by some yeah. point i just i just figure every other western civilized western country no. except canada but they're just too polite no you know oh i i mm. I don't know. <laughs> See, like that—that that is the stereotype. But like, I've met some Canadians, and uh, they challenge those stereotypes. Well, it, like, there, the, there's the movie Tusk where they were like, as a uh, Justin Long gets is at customs. Oh no, no, no! We don't, we're not nice. We're polite. <laughs> yes, that's there's definitely a difference. Yes. Um. So no, I, like there's I, a difference between nice and good. Right. Oh no, I I got into it with uh some co- uh some conservative Canucks over the entire uh, ma- uh mandate issue and mm. like oh no no eventually like oh it's far it was far more civilized than ever dealing with a yank in regards to this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, that makes sense. It's um as a family guy said it, you know, I thought I was going to die at a Canadian film festival and they cut to it Cut to a Canadian film fester. I don't mean to cause you any bother, and I won't. Goodbye. <laughs> so, 
but you, you could honestly the canadians though you can definitely see it in a lot of like they did a lot of the exploitation horror they let it out some way <laughs> um yeah. the Soska twins um i mean the guy um i mean they're i mean ginger snaps like they 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 do release it <laughs> no no so, so that's fair yeah but uh, uh I, 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 I remember uh, a couple years, like, oh, probably like five ten at this point. Jeez. Um, but like, I remember that there was a joke that like all of the, the negative energy from Canada was channeled into Justin Bieber for a while. Cause he was going <laughs> through his, like his uh, dirt bag phase. Yes. And, and so everybody was just like, yeah, sorry guys. We, oh, he yeah. wasn't supposed to get out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah that was um like i mean the angriest canuck you had up until that point was lannis morissette <laughs> yeah yeah oh and she 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 channeled it yes yeah, that song is a banger mm-hmm. um i can't help but like like it's one of those like always at karaoke songs like if you go to karaoke yes yeah, like, somebody is going to sing it right uh you ought to know i mean and I think that's really the only aggressive song because I mean, oh. as you know, that was a. I mean, I could listen to the entire album for about a good two year stretch, and mm-hmm. I think she um, she knew that too because she didn't really release anything until no. uh, until she just became more of a cult figure, a legend, mm-hmm. kind of in the vein of say your Patty Smith. <laughs> yeah um which right right as we needed her most she disappeared oh everything was kind of cool in the late in the late 90s though yeah that's fair it It was was it was less angsty it was more on we yeah yeah so i mean you can't watch professional wrestling from the 90s without warning your kids okay this is gonna trigger you (laughs) yeah yeah that, then again, I I love early '90s. Well, not early '90s. Well, late '90s. Late '90s wrestling is my like the Attitude Era. Yes, that that is like I when Freddie Prince Jr. started writing for the WWE is when I stopped caring. Oh, like, well, <laughs> I you see, I was, I, I was uh, obviously consider myself just an underemployed wrestler. I still got a uh-huh. bag bag full of a weekend's worth of tights in my mm-hmm. car. Um so I don't know. Maybe I should wear those the wear one of those sets the B Fest. <laughs> I mean might as well. Eh, but uh if you got it. Yeah. Um oh no I got the back back brace and some spanks. I can go <laughs> <laughs> I can look all right. Um but um Ooh. yeah i mean being a being, being an indie wrestler uh, and trying to make a you know make a living and not make a living no, just to, you know make enough money to live at home and i mean i ended up doing the party six nights a week thing like we were important type thing um but it was a um for me though i didn't really like i got to watch wrestling all the way up to about 2002 then it was get a mm-hmm. job um and uh i was working working so i started working two jobs um to begin and then it was uh just okay i'll stick to my evening job and Mm -hmm. so i didn't get to really watch wrestling so 
all I really did was uh, go go to shows on the weekends, pick up tapes for Ring of Honor back when that was the golden age of Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson, CM Punk, and watch those tapes in my spare time. So, oh, okay. like, embarrassing story. Like, uh, WrestleMania, when they were in Chicago, uh, 2006, well, they did the uh, recorded uh, SmackDown in Peoria. Oh, wow. And um, so all the wrestlers are coming through you know try probably trying to get back to chicago to get their flights out instead of you know waiting on a connecting from peoria um and so you know see see my buddy cabana and uh then a bunch of other indie guys and then at one point like the people at arby's went and said oh we have a re-. yeah i walked by out of the gat you know out of the office and heading back and then, oh, the uh, people at Arby's, oh, Arby's, oh, we have a wrestler over at the yeah, at the Super Pantry. And I, I see these two people and it's like, yeah, well, they look like wrestlers. I can't recall who they are. And it took me a moment. Like, mm-hmm. oh, John Morrison and Molina. Oh, well. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I work evenings. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, so I kind of just lost track and uh I'd say it wasn't until the pipe bomb promo, and then, I mean, I'm I'm there. I mean, I'm I've I subscribe to Fight TV's AEW subscription, so I can watch it whenever I'd like. Just got to use that uh, VPN to get the European yeah. feed. Um, so that's uh, that's where I'm at wrestling. Uh, it's it's. I mean, if you if you like the Attitude Era, I think um, the AEW is kind of a woke attitude era, <laughs> so mm-hmm. not too not too bad. You got one guy, you know, just basically saying, "Yeah, I'm a conservative white guy." <laughs> <laughs> like uh, there was a few. So it's Dan Lambert. He's actually an MMA. He runs an MMA, the top MMA gym, and he at one point when he's setting his guy up to face the um, the champion. Uh, Adam Page, whose catchphrase is cowboy shit, <laughs> mm-hmm. calling him a millennial cowboy. You never, you don't know anything about being a cowboy. I'm surprised that you rent, you're, you're talking, talking to me in Chicago instead of Cleveland last week where they canceled their Indians. <laughs> so, um and of course then it's there's drama with that promotion because i think cody rhodes kind of exposed one of the original founders kind of exposed himself as a republican and uh yeah he tried cutting a promo saying since he has a black wife and a mixed mixed race baby oh (laughs) there's no no such thing as racism like yeah yeah like except for the fact that that was like illegal up until the 80s maybe yeah. we should talk about that right yeah like... so and it and it was supposed to be a it was over a nationalist feud against a guy from England like <laughs> so yeah he kind of shot himself in the foot and i don't think he ever recovered and now he's out of the company and he was one of the founders <laughs> could would not agree to a new contract oh uh, well shame <laughs> just just the just the uh the uh uh nick frost name from, yeah from uh uh oh god hot fuzz you're right shame shame <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Eh, some Cersei Lannister stuff there. <laughs> I okay. yeah, but so but you know, talking about English English American relations, uh, we can get back to um yes. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Uh, uh so real quick, uh, because I it's fresh on my mind and I want to say it right now. Uh so for this trilogy, uh, because we're I, I have found my three Gene Wilder movies. Obviously, we're going to talk about Willy Wonka first. Yes. Uh, and then the next two is The Producers, which All is right. uh hour and 29 minutes. Yep. I just, I just pro- looked. I think perhaps uh, Mel Brooks is best. Yes. Uh, and and in addition, uh, you were talking about uh, your wrestling gear, and I had to stop myself <laughs> from singing, if you got it, want it. Um, uh, you see, I never, I've, I've got a free copy from Voodoo of the uh, uh, musical, but yeah, no, I, I only know Springtime for Hitler <laughs> and Germany. Yeah. That's that's the one that most people have to or most people know. And uh let me tell you, and I'm probably gonna tell this story multiple times, but let me tell you the most awkward time that I've ever had that or ever had to listen to that was I had I was I was an Uber driver in Chicago for a while, and I had a guy in the back seat who was very clearly Jewish. Like he I think he was wearing uh Yamaka. Mm. Um and uh uh and then springtime for hitler came on on my playlist because i just played my own music yeah and i the the car got real quiet for a few seconds and i'm like have you ever seen the producers i mean <laughs> it, it, very, it was written it, it was written by mel brooks i mean it was written by mel brooks to make fun of uh, to make fun of hitler yeah don't that was his favorite thing to do was oh yeah every every movie um well i mean i know at least through the 70s like Mm -hmm. um well i can't recall in uh young frankenstein but um mm -hmm. yeah that's a uh and uh but yes so i want to do the producers Mm -hmm. because i actually haven't seen the gene wilder version oh as i say as i say i think it is mel brooks's i mean it's his first movie yeah and I think it's his finest. Um, yeah, the... yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to. Or so I, I'm. I'm excited to to watch two movies that I've never seen before. Because mm-hmm. I, I, Willy Wonka, as I as I previously stated, I don't know if this made it on the podcast yeah, or not. I, Willy Wonka is my favorite favorite movie, movie. Of all time. right? Yep. Um. So I figured let's let's go for two movies that I haven't seen, but I still mm-hmm. love Gene Wilder. Yeah. And as we'll discuss, Gene Wilder is a big reason why I love this movie, mm-hmm. Willy Wonka in particular, because his performance just makes everything that is smacked up about this movie go away. And I love that. Um, we're going to have to talk about the things that are smacked up. Mm. Uh, mostly because that's just who i am as a person yes but, oh no it's uh, a it's a raul doll story uh yeah <laughs> it will yeah i mean i think i nearly turned on uh gregory carl to raul doll talking about uh the fil- film um deadly games or i think the original <laughs> french title uh dial code santa um like dial, oh dial killed santa no di- dial code santa oh okay uh, it's a, it's okay. a fr- it's a french film where the uh director thought oh chris columbus and john hughes immediately ripped it off a year later to do home alone and it's like 
yeah, these oh, are two right. totally different things. I think they're two totally different things. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I see a lot of Home Alone in it, but eh. um, it, it's almost like creative people can have very similar ideas. Right. And just because like, like you see them in video games a lot, too. Oh, no, or, there's, or, yeah. And, and in movies, like the, the there was the prestige and then like another movie that was basically the prestige. The illusionist. Just, yeah. Yeah. With, the illusionist. Ed, with Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Like you see it, you see a lot with video games, too, where like six video games will all come out and they're basically the same thing. Um, and it, yeah. And like those things take years to make so it's not like they copied one another right well you know (laughs) i would say the most uh famous case would be saints row and uh grand theft auto but then you uh, that that was a little different saints row was definitely ripping off grand theft auto yeah but Uh, then by the by the by the third third game they've like yeah they just decided let's just go full comedy and yeah, Saints Saints Row One was like a slightly more comedic take on Grand Theft Auto because at that point Grand Theft Auto Four was out. Yeah, and that was when Rockstar was like, "We're going to take ourselves seriously," mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Why are you doing that? That's not why we play Grand Theft Auto." Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, so Saints Row was this lovely little thing that came out, and everybody was like, "See, this is why didn't you just do this? Like, this is what we wanted." And so Saints Row Two came out, and then like by Saints Row Four, they're basically flanderizing themselves. Yeah. They're just oh, the most a, extreme. There's a reason they're doing a reboot. So yeah, um, like you I, literally open that game by being the uh, by being the president, the president of the United of the States, States yep. uh, stopping a nuclear bomb. And then, like, parachuting into the Oval Office through the roof and landing in your chair. Like, one, it's metal, and I love it. <laughs> Two, there's 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 nowhere you can go from there. Yeah. Especially after the plot of that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do from there. The DLC goes some interesting places. Right, get out of hell. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Right, I mean... So I don't know. I didn't never really gave St. Rose a chance that great a chance, but I mean, I'm not no. saying I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I, I own so many video games that I have not even gotten around to playing. Yeah. Um, and I have, let's see, uh, a modify, I mean, uh, off, off market, uh, Nintendo slash, uh, super Nintendo with adapters to play foreign games, um a nintendo 64 modded for japanese games um a dreamcast a playstation 2 uh, Mm -hmm. wii U, an xbox 360 a playstation 4 uh let me sorry playstation 5 all hooked up to my living room tv so yeah and a a switch (laughs) on top of that so yeah my my favorite thing to do is whenever anybody like does shows like a picture of their entertainment system is to like go through and be like okay how many game systems do you have and like you posted a video of i think you were playing with your cat or something right uh, with one of your cats yeah uh and and i just remembered there was the there was the uh the the dreamcast right there and i was like i don't need to look anymore i already know <laughs> i already know what else is over there <laughs> like uh, if you have a dreamcast there's there's a fair assumption of what other consoles you have yeah day one man 
that was yeah. like my oh, I mean, really that, yeah that was uh that was like my first uh system i had to buy on my own instead of wow getting the parents um so first, first i mean that first. was that was a good bet like honestly like the only problem with the dreamcast was that it was ahead of its time yeah because like it like everything that you got from like the xbox which would come out a couple years later like was in the dreamcast like they now the expanded the way that they did expanded memory was a little weird if i remember correctly uh the v the v v uh visual memory unit vmus yeah yeah uh whereas like xbox had like the internal hard drive so it was basically just a computer yeah um yeah but uh yeah it wasn't till the xbox that we had hard drives yeah Um, hard drive built-in ethernet cable um like all of that like all of the things that we would like about the xbox just a couple years later was in the was in the dreamcast from the jump and then the PS2 just came out and was just like we play DVDs, and yeah, then everybody the lost only, it. Right, that's the only only difference. Um, yeah, and if I remember correctly, like this was that was right as DVDs were coming out, and the PS2 was cheaper than like a regular DVD player, if I recall correctly, because that's uh, I, usually how it goes. I, I think the uh, regular DVD players, because I got one. Mm-hmm. uh for christmas i think the same year well i think probably a little sooner uh mm-hmm. than the uh, playstation 5 dropped that was about mm-hmm. 200 dollars. so i think uh dvds mm-hmm. ended up dropping in cost now um yeah. right right now with the uh like i would definitely recommend getting a playstation uh 5 or an xbox uh series x uh mm-hmm. physical media versions because uhd players are still pretty expensive so yeah like i was able to get you know get one cheap just because of black friday stuff working at Mm -hmm. working for my retailer (laughs) Uh um back in 2017 and i can't say that i mean i don't know i'm I'm a sony guy anyhow because i think they still make the best hardware but Uh uh-huh um yeah, yeah. Th- this this go around from what i understand this go around there's not very much difference because both basically all the parts in the systems are made by the same company amd um and they're not really like yeah, my as, favorite far, as i understand so it. yeah yeah um, yeah um i will say playstation 5s are becoming more abundant than the xboxes though so yeah 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 that's that's fair uh yeah well um, i'm just saying on the market now yeah um they they're actually catching up to the pre-orders Demand. yeah yeah uh, it's still gonna be a while i mean i think no. eh, christmas is gonna go and screw it all up they'll have it like if, yeah. by by the fall yeah exp- you should be able to find one on a shelf mm-hmm. um and by november you're sol yeah yep yep so oh excuse me but what? it's uh thinking about I mean, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is kind of yeah. like, I mean, we had, I had an Atari, so going back to m- me growing up, we had an Atari 2600, but we, you know, we had to take, disconnect it every time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really convenient, which honestly is just probably more of parents trying to make sure we're not playing video games all day then. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, yeah, Nintendo, we never disconnected a Nintendo from the TV. Or I think you still had to, I guess it still had to connect to the antenna, technically. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those yeah, little pl- screws. Yeah, so. that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so uh, basically growing up, we had, I'd say, five movies and a bunch of uh, Disney cartoons my uh, uncle would uh, uh, just put on tape, you know, tape, tape mm-hmm. off the TV. Yeah. Um, so basically, we grew up with Star Wars, Flash Gordon, and Willy mm-hmm. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So... And so obviously, with two sisters, it's got a lot of play. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's me growing up. So. Yeah, yeah, me growing up is similar. Um, we had slightly more options, uh, slightly, mm-hmm. um, but uh, <laughs> slight tangent. There yeah. was one. There was one summer in particular, and I, I promise I will bring this back to Willy Wonka because I do really want to talk about this movie. But there was one summer where we we watched three movies on a loop, and those three movies were uh, Grease Two, the uh, objectively worse version of Grease. I, it, um, it's it's it is a I'm going to, uh, I mean if it it's almost so good bad it's good in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, j- I would say that too. Like like. Uh, it was it was i enjoyed watching it i reckon even even as a young child i recognized this movie was awful especially knowing the original version of greece as well it's not well, like i hadn't seen it i had definitely seen it and was like that that movie is much better yeah um <laughs> right all the weird stuff not include not talking about the weird stuff because yeah. there's weird stuff in that movie mm. but yeah greece too was like the, just the yeah anyway not the point right uh then then there was so it was greece to the movie chances are and then the tight and titanic which i don't have to explain titanic no, no, but no. i do need to explain chances are because turns out people don't know this movie exists I, and I that is surprising it. to me i, I, okay. I know of it but i can't say that. i was i was really hoping you did i just well, I, yeah i can't say i've yeah. seen it i'm gonna okay i can't okay i'm not gonna go into it very much but just remind me at some point to talk about this movie chances are 1989 i'm surprised i didn't see it um yeah no it's 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 wild it has it has robert downey jr in it it has shepherd ryan o'neill yeah like mary stewart masterson i mean yeah yeah christopher mcdonald Uh, it's like so i i grew up kind of sheltered in, as a child right. uh, i was homeschooled i didn't have very many kids or like many friends growing right. up so when i got to college and i started like socializing the biggest shock of my life was finding out that nobody knew what this movie was like everybody knew what greece was everybody knew what greece 2 was everybody knew what titanic was nobody knew this movie and i was like of the three this is the best movie <laughs> like, like uh, yeah i mean titanic uh, Titan- titanic is uh, i mean it for at least growing up being in high school when titanic came out it's like well, it's good, but I know it's just really a bunch of girls going back there over and over again to see Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Titanic is Titanic is a good movie. Yeah. It, it is a very solid movie. It is 
it, there's a reason why it was a phenomenon and mm. it made like ridiculous amounts of money right i respect that but i like chances are more <laughs> Because it is just the most wild concept. So I'm just going to give the elevator think, pitch. I think, and then we... I, I think my mom probably just thought it was a knockoff on. Uh... Defending Your Life? No, not Defending Your Life. Uh, really? Because Defending Your Life came later. Um, Did it? Oh. I think so. Uh, no, I think it was uh, High Spirits. It was a movie she liked in the late 80s. Uh, Steve hmm. Gutenberg. I, I think it's Steve Gutenberg. Peter O'Toole. Because um, I see the. I see the. I'm, I'm just looking at the. Uh, Wait, re- I'm sorry. What re- was the uh, name of it again? Uh, High Spirits. High Spirits. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've never heard that before, but I, I'm I'm interested in any movie. High, that High Spirits, 1988. Um, um, Peter O'Toole, Steve Gutenberg, Daryl Hannah. I see a um, Liam Neeson as well. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they they chances are is getting a lot a lot more uh, a lot more love on Google than uh, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, let me see. Neil Jordan wrote it. Damn, he he yeah. eventually uh, no wrote and directed. And I know he went on. I think to do uh, interview with the vampire. Hey, what in the hell? Okay, I need to revisit this because this looks weird, and I like weird. Mm. Uh, but because because now we've talked about it for a minute, I have to explain the pitch for this movie. Yeah, I see the reincarnated right in the first sentence on IMDb. Yes, for 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 chances are, uh, so the pitch is, um, what's it? You just said his name is Ryan something. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, I think. Ryan O'Neill, yes. I, so I, know, I, I, I really only know him from Barry Lyndon, the the uh, Stanley Kubrick movie. Uh, uh, yeah. So so Ryan O'Neill plays this like hot shot young lawyer, mm-hmm. um, who is taking on the mob. Okay. He he like gets out of court. His best friend is uh is uh oh i forget what is who's who plays his uh best friend give me one moment wait i might be wrong hold on i think ryan o'neill might oh wait no ryan o'neill plays the best friend okay okay so this is where i'm i this is the the problem that i have is that i get the the best friend and the older version of the uh of the main character mixed up so well, anyways, so the actor play the this actor who is not Ryan O'Neill, uh, whose best friend is played by Ryan O'Neill, is um, uh, God. It's Christopher. Now, it's now not double, Chris, it's not Christopher McDonald. Yeah, no. See, now I'm now I'm just double. Yeah, I was to say I just don't see Christopher McDonald as a likable character ever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, because that's wait, that's Shooter McGavin. How yes. are you saying that Shooter McGavin is not a likable character? <laughs> He's a terrible person, but I liked him. Well, I'm just saying we're I yeah. I mean, let's let's yeah. I mean he on Boardwalk Empire, he was yeah. in that as um Harding's uh oh, I I think DA or something, okay. and he's got a lot of conspiracies, so all right. Okay, so I, I'm going to clap right now to give you a point to let you know that this needs to be edited out. 
so that way I can tell this in an intelligent manner. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the plot of chances are that the pitch, so to speak, is that Christopher McDonald plays this hotshot young lawyer. He he is uh he's getting ready to like take on the mob or is in the middle of taking taking on the mob and he's late he ends up like getting out of court and he's late for his date with Sybil Shepherd's character um and he proposes to her finds out she's pregnant and then immediately gets hit by a car yeah uh <laughs> he then he's up in heaven and they're just he's like look i got shit to do okay i don't have time for this just send me back and then like is like rushing to get out and apparently they have to like hit you with this soul juice so that way you forget who you are well he does he's in he like rushes through the process and he doesn't get hit with the soul juice so then we fast forward about 20 years robert downey jr is this young hot shot who's going through i i think it's like yale law school or some prestigious school and he's currently dating uh mary stewart masterson probably uh yeah let me see uh he'll be her oh yeah uh the daughter the she's she's the daughter the daughter of civil shepherd and christian mcdonald correct yes okay all right Um, now now we're in the creepy area creepy zone yeah slightly creepy zone yeah well he ends up she ends up taking them taking him back to to her family for for like thanksgiving i think it is mm-hmm. robert downey jr sees sybil shepherd instantly remembers his past life oh jeez, yeah and then starts starts getting it on with sybil shepherd <laughs> and hijinks ensue from there and it is it is so good. Like mm. I, I looked at the runtime. I was sad that one forty eight. I see it. Yeah, yeah. I was a little sad because, like, if it after we're done with Gene Wilder, I want to go back and talk about this movie because it's ridiculous. But that's it. That's the pitch. If All you right. have, if that doesn't convince you, nothing will. <laughs> but go watch this movie because it's hilarious. I might, I might do my own podcast about it someday. <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, back to Willy Wonka, which is the thing that we're here to talk about. Mm. Uh, you mentioned in the intro, like talking talking about how the Candy Man is giving away candy uh, to these children. Oh, geez, now I'm just thinking white windowless vans shit. It, no, that's that's my thing too. Is like I remember. Like I personally, as like I just want to be able to watch my silly little movie about a crazy chocolate factory and like the the just the most absurd reality, and well, just enjoy it and just sing along with you know a world of imagination. And yeah, just just be whisked away. But then I watched this show in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. And now I'm just thinking, like, that guy absolutely touches those children. Like, there's no way he doesn't. There's no way that he's like, hey, remember that Scrum Deleuntra's bar I gave Well, you? I like, was... no way. Well, you see, I was taking uh, taking some notes. Like, um, yeah. oh, you know, how, do, how does Willie Walker do it? Um, yeah, the kids. I know mm-hmm. the film is shot in West Germany, but, you know, mm-hmm. mainly English kids. You know, how does yeah. Willie Walker do it? Oh, hey, well, he was born to do it. 
Like yeah. he was born yeah. to be a chocolatier. You were born to be a wonker. And I think wonker, like, oh, geez, that's, that's very really close to wanking. And then it's like yeah. you got <laughs> a wanker. And, and then you got Charlie sitting, sitting outside watching this musical number with all the free yeah. candy being thrown around. Like, dude, yeah. one, get in there, get in on the candy, run back. Uh, but it's like, you know, Charlie's got that desperate look on his face and it's kind of like uh, Bob Saget and half baked, man, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you, you, he never got to that. Right. Like, what, have you ever, one moment. Uh, rest in peace, Bob Saget, you wonderful, <laughs> wonderful man. Um, I, I think he's wonderful. There were some talks about pe- him being weird. I don't know it. Uh, I know right now. I think there's the family is suing to um, to uh, prevent the cause of death from being released. Mm. Um, so I mean, it's so it's drugs or autoerotic asphyxiation. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm cool. I'm down with either, man. I'm, I'm like, yeah, like I mean. <sighs> whatever it happens like yeah. or it's both i mean that doesn't sound both. like that doesn't sound like a bad way to go in all honesty i mean honestly like if you're gonna go in a way in which you don't know if you're coming or going it's the best way <laughs> yes so uh, i just i just i just heard the ka-ching for that ticket to hell i'm getting um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so but but yeah, no, there's no way that that's not happening. <laughs> right. Uh, my cynical brain could not accept that. Uh, now, okay, there is a way that there is a way that I can. It is the fact that this movie is very clearly set in an alternate universe. That's that's true. But I, I'm going to uh, I'll stop you there just because my the last episode was about the girl mm. who lives down the lane where Martin Sheen is playing a pedophile. who's pretty much protected by his. uh aristocratic mother <laughs> oh no uh, it's a it's okay. a it's a it's like i recommend seeing that movie but because i think we need to have these conversations yeah i don't know about the sexualization of jodie foster at 14 but hell it's Oof. the same it's the same year as taxi driver so Oof. i i think we're already yeah. oh, that that's pandora's box not yeah. jodie Fo- not jodie foster's okay um <laughs> oh god um yeah so and then you got that weird movie which i i don't know if i'm ever gonna have the nerve to actually watch because 76 is a busy year for her um you had taxi driver you had the girl who lived the little girl who lives down the lane um so i think i blocked out the little a lot of the time whenever i say the title just like it's it no it's it's creepy um and then you then you have um Alan Parker, guy who directed, eventually ended up directing Evita. I think I talked to you about the movie uh, Angel Heart with uh, De Niro as Louis Cipher. Yes, um, yes. Okay, same director there. He directed a movie in 1976 called Bugsy Malone, where it's this a vaguely. That's I, I figure you if anybody after after you know chances are if anybody <laughs> and uh, playing. Uh, springtime for hitler in a car with um see that's 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 my problem like i I, but i'm not joe rogan so i i i i I was about to say like oh that's so easy just to jump to the slur for for shock value but 
Um, Wait, the slur? What? I was about to say you're, you know, we're you're you're the guy who had uh, had a Jewish person in the right, back of my car, yeah, right? Okay, just, ju- just jumping for the shock value, which I'm not going gotcha. to do. Obviously, yeah, I we're above by, that. Yes, we are um, we are sophisticated, but connoisseurs of media. But what? Yes, yeah, so I'm saying like if anybody I finish that sentence without laughing, but continue. If, right, if anybody was going to know Bugsy Malone, I think it would be you. It's so it's a musical starring scott Bayo as your title character 1976 shot mm-hmm. in england all the actors are children and it's a gangster movie huh and like instead of uh bullets you see people get little kids getting hit with whipped cream i think the uh musical numbers if i got it right uh it was interesting because i was driving up to chicago to uh c2e2 with my older sister who's a big musical buff uh, the the poetic critic um she's um and listen to how to get this get made and talk about this movie so you have kids you know so it's a musical and all the songs are sung by adults obviously so they're all lip syncing to the, to this it's like a whole lot of crazy stuff so that was jody foster's 1976 i'm surprised she came out the other side <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's those are all very interesting projects. Uh, there was freaky. There was Freaky Friday too in there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, little. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a so. Yeah, so that's uh. So I'm just saying that with the long long story is like yeah I I don't know maybe catch you know I didn't catch on to the pedophile vibe <laughs> about uh, Billy from Billy's Candy Shop. <laughs> until you know like oh the weird stuff oh gosh and then it's like oh great i just watched a you know had to do did an episode about uh martin sheen as a protected pedophile (laughs) like yeah i I, okay so in order to protect my enjoyment of this movie i'm just going to pretend like this is set in in an an alternate alternate universe universe. yes where that's just not a thing that is yeah that is the thing that I'm just, we just don't have. Other than now, we just, we just, we, we just banish it like an evil spirit. Well, it's let, not let, there. Well, let's look at it this way: Wild Doll hated children. You know, so you're not wrong. So you know, he wouldn't take. <laughs> he the, he, he would one kid. That's about it. And right. That's the you one know, that he, he based the book on. Well, he had five children. Uh, ironically, but. <laughs> Um, oh nobody hates kids like kids who have five children five children well adults who have i can five, i can yeah. talk from experience my parents have five. yeah no so so but i'm just saying like i don't think he he'd have no interest in rogering yeah. he'd just be like get that in yeah y'all are annoying get out of here yes like yeah that that makes sense um one thing that i do want to point out uh that i thought was a neat little thing is that that the the kid who in the beginning asks you know how does he do it yes um i'm just gonna call him little ex- or little expository dialogue uh because he's also the one who explains to the teacher that the uh the oh, that's competition both the, is happening. Right. class dismissed yes. yeah no no, no the, it's only it, for five people yeah, class on for class on dismissed. That, but that teacher, by the way, is the worst. I love him, but he is just the worst. I don't know. I mean, he's 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 Eric Idle light to say the least. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I also really enjoyed uh, to kind of jump ahead a little bit. Mm. I I really enjoyed the um, the the very tight economy for names. Oh, I was going to address that. Uh, oh, okay. Gra- gra- uh, that was my next note, actually. Um, yeah. Gra- Grandpa Joe, gra- Grandma Justina, um, yeah, Georgina, Georgina, and George, and uh, yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know uh veruca's mother is henrietta and i know her uh-huh. father is henry mm-hmm. so yep. Yep. yeah and yep. then the, you could uh, just think of sam um you know sam 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 Beauregard. <laughs> yeah sam Beauregard. so he's yeah, probably uh, married to a samantha i mean roald Dahl had a lot i mean took the took a lot of vibes from dr seuss which again yeah. explains a lot about the man <laughs> yeah yeah it's very true uh i i i kind of respect that i kind of like the 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 oh i don't want to sit here for five hours thinking of names what's well, no, name? it, it, uh, it, joe and joe gina like <laughs> Jos- josephina i think josephina yeah uh yeah no and it's um with the raul doll i think what really makes this movie work is mm-hmm. let's just face it if you take his stories on face value Mm-hmm. They are unadaptable for the most case. I mean, I don't think yeah. we really had anything that came close until Wes Anderson's The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, well, arguably. Well, I, um, I no, yeah. I, 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 I get, I get. There's, there's a lot of people who love The Witches uh, with Angela, Angelica Houston. Uh, there's a lot of supporters for um, Matilda. I, I guess I kind of just caught on. Um. You know, because those movies was came Matilda? out. I'm sorry, it was Matilda. Uh, Raul Dahl. Yeah. Yep. Oh, really? I, didn't know I think I think I just caught on like, mm-hmm. um, in my early teens when these movies were coming out. That you know, yeah. yeah no, you can't. No, it's no, yeah. no. It's not. Uh, I'm reading reading his stuff. It's like no, no. I yeah. I don't think you can nail it. Yeah. Like I mean, like the arguably the reason why charlie and the chocolate factory did not do as well is that it is inherently faithful to the book um they're they only from what are you talking about charlie charlie and the chocolate Factory. yes yes no i was gonna bring that up too like tim burton yeah oh this is this is definitely uh you know this is gonna be more peewee's big adventure than (laughs) an actual children's movie like yeah Pee- peewee and, is about the about the adult we all want to be yeah. <laughs> wish we could be not yeah not before a children's the, be- movie right yeah before before the ro- the world ruined us yes yeah uh and meanwhile raul doll is just like the world is a terrible place and everybody's awful right <laughs> oh no i mean there's a lot of christ-like vibes i think in the entire yeah. um charlie's charlie arc in this movie at least mm. um yeah. I mean, it's a um, like cheer up, Charlie is some bullshit, and that's quoting yes. a note I wrote <laughs> wrote verbatim. <laughs> yep. Like, like, yeah, it's. I I recently watched a. Um, well, actually, no. We'll we'll touch on that in a second. But 
like I I have not seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I have to say that my viewing of today, my, my viewing today has made me finally just resign to the fact that I'm just gonna watch that movie now. Well, because it, it is more faithful to the original material, mm-hmm. and I I'm not gonna read that book if I'm honest. Like. <laughs> Well, the only uh, reason I got I got a lot of knowledge about the book is because I have a, an older sister with Asperger's disorder, and mm-hmm. she and I was since that pretty much limited her socially. I was pretty much the only person she talked to about books. Oh, okay. I mean, I am the I am the most uh, unread literature major. i'm just glad i got a photographic memory for the most part (laughs) that's good that's good yeah um yeah i i i lost the ability to read when i left college audiobooks are godsend thankfully Uh, Uh, and move and movie adaptations (laughs) you know i've never Uh, listened to an audiobook in all honesty like uh the one the one time i thought i was buying an audiobook was actually the um bbc radio play of good omens Ooh. <laughs> uh wow. which the i i mean i don't know i mean it's interesting because you got peter serafinich i think mm-hmm. is the closest i'm going to be able to pronounce his last name mm-hmm. um he's from um he plays uh what was it paul the uh other roommate to sean and ed and uh dawn of the dead mm. I mean, Shaun, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He's actually the voice of Darth Maul, and I know he shows that he's got a decent yeah. amount of time in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so. yeah, he's the what a bunch of a-holes guy. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I yeah, I, I, I appreciate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate his work. He's great in the, if you've ever, like, you gotta take the time to watch the series Space uh, oh yeah yeah no i yeah. uh yeah with yeah that's that it, is it's the, it's pretty it's edgar wright and simon Pegg and uh mm-hmm. jessica stevens i think she changed her name but last name yeah marriage you know hey muscle tough and all that bollocks um <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like uh no it's it's on my to-do list because like um because unsurprisingly uh i think based off everything about me uh so, uh not simon Pegg, the other one that you just said edgar wright uh edgar wright is my favorite director he he he's, makes he's nothing but hits i i haven't seen last night in soho yet but me I mean, neither i'm i'm really excited to though because i hear it's I mean, real good you got the cornetta trilogy you have scott mm-hmm. pilgrim and you mm-hmm. have baby driver and yes baby driver i mean i the transphobic stuff from brian may kind of hurts a little bit uh mm-hmm. with the bright oh um brian may guitarist for queen so responsible for brighton rock oh um, god damn it no, well he he yeah. basically he basically said when the uh brit awards for music said uh yeah we're not going to have gendered um categories any longer mm-hmm. he said well geez i mean queen would have had to have a transgender person it's like Oh right, you totally didn't respect Freddie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's oh my God. Okay. That mm, that is that is depressingly unfair. I mean, what about what about Adam? I mean, because Adam you've been touring with Adam Lambert for the last like Yeah. I mean the like, Br- and, 
and Adam's whole shtick is like being androgynous. Yeah. Yeah. I I I have many grievances with the remaining members of Queen. Well, and I mean, John This Deacon is just going to be added to the pile. Right. I mean, John well, John Deacon didn't really give a shit. Uh Roger Taylor solo projects suck. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. so I Brian May was my hero from the group because like yeah. I always thought they put too much emphasis on Freddie. He didn't write a lot. I mean, he wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. Otherwise, yeah. it was I mean, it it took Freddie dying before they became a real solid group. No. And I love their 80s stuff. So I mean, I don't mm. I don't want to like it's funny cuz I like say aren't we shouldn't we be glad the Beatles broke up before they started writing crap? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like I mean it yeah, Queen, I think 80s Queen is kind of my favorite, but it's like mm. Yeah, I mean it took a lot of drama for them to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I I yeah. I just like my biggest grievance is the the movie Bohemian Rhapsody and like the the, the one thing that that Freddie Mercury said was do whatever you want with my story as long as it's not boring. Mm. And then they made one of the most boring movies I've ever watched. Uh, like, I I do have to watch it. I mean it's one of those I haven't seen it. It's it's kind of like I don't know if you can really do it right. Um and then it's um, you know, Remy Malik, who yeah. was great in uh, No Time to Die, mm-hmm. and my dad approving of the movie, and he doesn't watch movies, so mm. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't seen that one yet. I do want to see it. I saw the DVDs in the, at the grocery store the other day, and I was just like, oh, I really gotta watch that. Right. Because um, yeah, I have a I have a soft spot for uh James Bond with its very very interesting history oh no time to oh well again that brings us back to raul Dahl. one of my favorite uh james bond movies is uh you only live twice hmm. and that's oh. probably i mean it's not um live and let die racist levels but it's yeah. pretty racist towards the japanese i mean yeah. um let's do a montage of turning sean connery japanese oh no (laughs) i forgot about that yes um yeah i I, there was a there was a summer where uh one of my favorite i think g4 tv did it oh i'm still waiting for it to get back on actual television (laughs) i don't think that's gonna happen i I think that like all of the all of that kind of media is no no longer going to be like a cable thing. Like it's well, it's I don't even have I don't even have cable. I just want like a street. Well, I I haven't gotten into Twitch yet. So okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, it's it's yeah they're on Twitch, and I think that I think they might be doing stuff on YouTube. They I, are they are, but it's like uh, I I want Attack of the Show, man. <laughs> yeah like i got my mom to watch attack of the show at the end by the end of it uh when john barrowman decided eh, i'm just gonna be here every week uh hey, so I'm... our john barrowman he's probably best known as captain jack on doctor who oh yeah, uh, yeah. i mean but it's like i knew that name but he was a he's a boy toy of share you know and i and i say boy toy i mean arm candy because 
Mm-hmm. He, he plays. He he doesn't he doesn't play for the hetero team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, happily, you know, it's like. But my mom kind of, I don't think, kind of caught caught on for for a while. Yeah. Uh, my my, fa- my favorite thing about John Barrowman is uh, a quote from a from a interview where they were talking about like like they asked him like what is how do you feel being like this kind of like beacon of representation and he's just like I get to play effectively an omnisexual space cowboy and I love every second of it yes <laughs> and, and I'm but- just like. The yes. the the funny thing is, it was Caterpillar that brought the Barrowmans to America. Really? Yes. So, huh. uh, my dad knows the knows his parents basically. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's yeah. Cool. Yes. Uh, so that's um yeah. So that's that's our t- like. Oh, you need to know about John Barrowman because Caterpillar and like uh, we have a famous story, and of course now being a communist it's like mm-hmm. uh, my uh, my mom decided to take us for family pictures all four of us kids and she thought red was a good idea for shirts uh, for for tops <laughs> and then my mom my dad like um basically said i can't put this sh- picture on my desk at work because red is the color of the uaw and my dad is the was the premier negotiator. Well, he's I I he could have probably ruled the company if he wanted to. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's um. So we couldn't. Uh, he couldn't like always held that over mom. Still probably does. <laughs> but that's just my dad being my dad. I mean, smart man understands everything. A very tolerable man. <laughs> nice very nice um but like no you you don't want to argue capitalism with him he's because yeah. uh, uh, i mean he's uh i mean i i'm my dad except i don't have his intelligence have his memory <laughs> mm-hmm. like and i think we have a ball because it was easier to communicate with with him by writing stuff for him like he everybody else calls that passive aggressive my dad okay well he's laid out his argument mm-hmm. <laughs> and really wow. professional relationship with them and hmm. we, okay. we you know i miss ruling the um uh peoria pub scene trivia with them yeah like we would uh Three peat. I don't know. I think that's usually when we quit going to a certain pub is when we three peat the victory. Yeah, <laughs> like he got all the he like he knows all the math and the <laughs> the yeah. math and stuff pre nineteen seventy. I knew everything after. And boom. Nice. <laughs> like um, we won trivia one night because uh, as he had a discovered a kidney stone. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we still won. Like oh, wow. oh he's in pain and it's like. Uh, the final answer is surrender Dorothy. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're right on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's, um, you know, parenting. That was a tough thing for Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, all four of your grandparents are bedridden for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens to coincide with about when Willy Wonka's factory closed down. No, that's that's true. weird. I was actually, well, I didn't think about that deep. I mean, did uh, they try, but 
I can transition that. Um, yeah. What about so, the, what about the security for the past twenty years of Wonka's factory? I mean, you have to have people shooting the kill and Oompa Loompas yeah. dragging the bodies and like it never happened type stuff, right? <laughs> now, I I imagine they that there were a lot of people who would get into the factory and then just have they would. <laughs> I, I imagine what would happen is they would they would find their way into the factory. They would uh, get like go through some corridors or whatnot and end up right back outside of the factory. Okay, factory again because like the like we can all agree that building is bigger on the inside. Yes, like it's, a... it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Well, I, 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 I've worked at a, I worked at the Caterpillar Distribution Center in Morton, mm. and I can tell you that, yeah, it does look bigger. Like you think it looks big on the outside, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just saw, just had the movie playing, playing in my peripheral, and I just saw you know Mike TV, mm-hmm. um, taste tasty exploding candy. It's like I don't know. I could see some jigsaw elements. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. I. Yeah. Jigsaw. That's... Maybe the collector. Even like. Oh, the collector. I yeah. love that bloody movie. So. Yeah. The collection's okay, but no, just the just the. I mean, if I I don't know. There's a lot of movies with dead cats that I love. I guess like. Stuart Gordon likes to kill cats. I mean, my biggest problem with Stuart Gordon is he also likes taking shots at Peoria. Like, okay, you're from Chicago. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got kicked. We got kicked pretty hard during Prohibition. You don't need to kick us while we're down. Oh no, Peoria thrived during Prohibition. I mean, yeah, we didn't really? have. Well, we didn't have here the largest distillery running. Um, that's mm. now an ADM plant. It used to be Harem Rockers, and it used to be the largest distillery in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, all of uh, like Peoria was the center of vaudeville, man. Really, I was, yeah. I was I was led to believe that um, that prohibition kind of kicked them in the teeth because they had legitimate distilleries. Well, I mean, you no, they had to shut down, but that led to all the whoring. And um, I mean, Richard Pryor grew up in it in really? Peoria. Yeah, he's a Peorian. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, drive down. Um, I think it's, I want to say Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the corner of Washington State. There's the Richard Pryor statue. You know, I I missed that. I'll I'll have to check that out yeah so no he's he was he was like that's it used to be at the jukebox comedy club mm-hmm. um they'd open and i had to respond to somebody at a uh hostel in chicago once who was a aspiring stand-up comedian uh every time before a show started at the jukebox comedy club he'd play a clip from sam kinnison mm-hmm. um who grew up in east peoria hmm and then a clip from Richard Pryor. And the Richard Pryor clip was, I was born. Pardon the impersonation. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. does it, though. Sorry. I was born in Peoria, Illinois. And some guy in the crowd, uh, audience on this recording, what's that? It's a city, N-word. 
But you country folks don't have any idea about that. <laughs> yeah, no. So Richard Pryor. So basically, and uh, if you go up Route 29, you can spot Capone's um, hideout whenever the heat was too big in Chicago. He'd head, he'd head down to Peoria. And that's the real name of the strip club, Big Al's, is based off Al Capone. It eventually got oh. it eventually got bought and bought out by a guy named Al Zuccarini, and it's ran by his wife and daughter now. Mm. Um, oh, wow. Spent spent a lot. I got a lot of history with that. It's almost like uh, I'm trying to shake that. Like, yeah. I mean, same manager, same same bartender, same same people from 20 years. It's like, yeah, should we really be doing this after 20 years? Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, if the money is good and it's well, job, it's basically well, no, and it's well, no, and it's like last time I was there, it's like, oh, geez, none of the girls are there. I guess I'm too old that I knew back from 2004. <laughs> there, I guess, I guess I better grow out of this shit. Um, oh. yeah, I got fun fact: I, the first strip club I ever went to was Big L's. Uh, I made it. I made it 27, 28. Oh. 27 28 years it's it's wibbly wobbly i don't remember well without it's, it, ever going to one and i i got drug across town <laughs> to oh, big house one day you, you, you missed the glory days of peoria as i say it was a no. it was the it was the center of vaudeville you had the term will it play in peoria mm-hmm. and that's actually and peoria is still i think still is a big test market for a lot of products mm-hmm and then we don't get them for 10 years later because we're 10 years behind. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, Capone would hide out. Head and behind. Yes, Capone would hide out there. And it used to be until they, until the mayor, Jim Artis, wanted to make us seem like a, maybe it was for to keep the uh, Illinois high school basketball tournament at the Civic Center, which shouldn't have moved just because the Civic Center is a great facility the state farm center in champagne is just an arena mm-hmm. uh but i digress i made a lot of money uh working in hospitality back mm-hmm. when the basketball tournament was in town mm-hmm. um so yeah it's um peoria is a um um so yeah peoria in the good old days and i'd say they ended about 2007 was uh You'd start partying at. Oh, it depends which side, which which way you wanted to go. If you wanted to go east, you start at Sully's, and then you'd end up hitting hitting Big Al's, just because it's mm-hmm. on the way. It's on Main Street. It's on the way to SOP. So you hit Big Al's for the sake of hitting Big Al's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might go across the street to the Adams Apple because it's a dance club, or you head up to sops on the 600 block after the halfway home <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you hit sops and um if you're curious you hit the you hit the um gay bar diesel mm-hmm. okay or you start the other way well you start at Ulrich's because you don't want to or murphy's or even mm-hmm. sully's at sullivan's at one point mm-hmm. you hit the irish pub then you go and hit the rock bar some other planet sops it's now berlin dance club and then you'd hit the 500 block and then you had like a lot of bars there big owls being part of it mm, gotcha. and, the, and then you um 
they used to have a system where like if you pay to cover you could go to four different bars owls included um yeah there was a um like right before the pandemic uh my my thing was i would start at pitch okay Um, yeah on right yeah you i knew it as the elbow room i didn't realize that was a lesbian joke (laughs) huh okay Um, uh, I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh, uh, it, I know what pitch. that means. <laughs> yeah. So pit, yeah, pitch, and it's always been a um, staple of the community. <laughs> but yeah, no, you start at pitch, and then um, I'm just saying it used to be all walking distance. Yeah. Uh, you start, you 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 end up, you go to, you start it, you start in the 600 block with SOPs or all ricks or diesel because hey i'd like to end a night at diesel just because i wanted to feel special somebody's gonna buy me a drink (laughs) i got a cub vibe i don't i know that yeah um so uh you start out on the 600 you go to the 500 with owls and the owls or you're going to poison ivy uh poison apple or the adam's apple whatever the dance club was and then you either stay on the block go to hoops or you go down to richard's uh, I don't even know what the bar is now. It's across the street from the courthouse, under underground. And then, um, if you're if you're bold, you stay at Richards until four p.m. four a.m. when they close. Uh, they close. They stop serving. The bar yeah. stays open because they serve food. They'll they'll they'll. Um, so you got two hours where you're just eating food. Mm-hmm. And then at six, they start serving again. Yeah, that I, I've heard of this before. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's 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 what I grew. My wrestling time was like, uh, basically, I moved down to Champagne because all my friends were either sticking their boobs in my face, or they were bartenders. And mm-hmm. you know, I I consider them genuine friends, but you can't mm-hmm. you can't live on transactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of where, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that one hundred percent. So um, we're definitely, you know, um, if I can find a smacking trailer with smacking f bombs in regards to smacking Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, I think I just said well, it's the explicit Willy Wonka podcast now. <laughs> Nah, that's fine. We could yeah. do that. I mean, uh, you, our subject matter is definitely M for mature. So. Right. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be talking about how to drink in Peoria, Illinois. And the reason why you could survive in Peoria, Illinois is because of 4 a.m. lost call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that's... Uh, oh, man, what was I... I don't even remember where we... Oh, um, yeah, I... I've lost track of where I was. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, yeah, we were we were talking about the. Uh, I'm pulling up my notes. We had Josephina Georgina. Yep. Um, yep. I know. Um, let's see. I'm just going through all movies. Hate math. I love the scene with the teacher, like in percentages. <laughs> Two cut. I can't break that. Yes, you can. It's easy. It is not that hard. No, no, no like. This is co- like this isn't some co- smacking common core bullshit. <laughs> like, no. Um, no, like you divide it, you at you divide it by you know. Uh, okay, yeah. so all movies hate math. 
And I, I say that after watching a movie called Dark Space mm-hmm. uh, for Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, there's like, a, it's basically a bunch of spring, break, spring breakers in the future, of course. Of course. Um, decide to remove the governor on their rented spacecraft that was taking them to the ultimate, you know, vacation destination. Mm-hmm. And they end up on not a uncharted planet, a restricted planet, because the government wants to settle it, you know, so they're annihilating the they're sent the military in in advance to annihilate the native population of wolf gorillas. The best I can mm-hmm. best I can see from the uh, poor CGI. Mm-hmm. And um, but. Uh, so they end up crashing landing on on the planet whole integrity five percent and we get a we get a finale where they're getting blasted by you know i wouldn't say high-powered weaponry in that future but still like how many movies have i watched don't shoot at the hole (laughs) And you know they're totally shooting at the hole, and like, eh, no, still five percent. Like, and it's the same thing with oxygen depletion when they're crash landing and whole integrity. Like, movies just hate math. Yep. And I guess you could go all the way back to James Bond movies. You know, that was a lot more time than it was. You know, mm-hmm. that James was not going to turn it off at double the timer off at double o seven. Just too much action occurred. <laughs> so I'm sorry, that's the funniest thing I could think of. <laughs> no, I mean it's like math is something movies do not want to involve themselves with. Yeah. Uh I, now I've now I'm thinking do, do I want to watch Star Wars again? Like the Death Star will be in range in 30 minutes. The Death Star will be in range in 15 minutes. The Death Star will be in range in five minutes. I think as a as a nerd, I probably did time it. And you can trust George Lucas with time. Yeah. So yeah. Or or at least thankfully solo a Star Wars movie yeah. determined that you can justify the time. What okay, so speaking of speaking of like well ti- well timed things, so uh I watched the suicide squad and there's a part where they like there, there's a flashback sequence where it says about eight minutes earlier. Right. And like, that's right, at, right at the beginning. Uh, no, 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 this one's this one. This, oh, this okay. One, no, this is, this is probably, yeah, no, I think I know. This is during the tower about. scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And like, if you like, you watch, what happens in those eight minutes and it's legitimately eight minutes well it's james it's james gunn (laughs) yeah i mean i i've only watched two episodes of peacemaker at this point but yeah i haven't i haven't watched i haven't watched any peacemaker yet i oh because i just i just don't have hbo max right now okay but But, uh, the dance i'm sorry go ahead oh the dance intro alone (laughs) <laughs> is reason to watch the series 
fair enough yeah i've heard nothing, I, i've heard nothing but good things about it i am i am i i like i was so blown away by the end of the second episode like oh we're gonna go there mm-hmm. but yeah okay we're gonna go there but i need time to get my snacks my weed <laughs> to get ready for this one <laughs> robert fair. patrick i really need the i i'm the, i really felt inadequate like with the praise I offered him when I met him at uh, Wizard World. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was a cool dude. Like, he signed the Terminator 2 poster I had. Like, I really wish I could find, I was looking for something with you on it, man. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, for you to sign. It's like, hey, man, I mean, I'm just in movies, man. It was Arnold's movie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No from dust till dawn too <laughs> like i, I still that you're the only reason i'm gonna ever give strip tease a chance like i have not given strip tease a chance i hear ving rangs ving ving rames is awesome in it like i think people uh, are ving more rames is awesome in everything that Let's that's true that. okay <laughs> i i, I kind of miss that john benjamin's not doing the um John H. Benjamin isn't doing the uh, Arby's commercials anymore, but yeah. uh, the voice of Archer. He would... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, but you still get, you know, they still relied on me, you know, bloody timeless. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it, though. Dawn of the Dead 2004? Hmm. I mean, I think he's the best part of that movie, to be real. (laughs) I don't know. Ty Burrell is the douchebag. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Well, all I can say, there's a lot of people who say it's like, oh, no, it was, it did it right. It, 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 I mean, it was a great zombie movie. It's like, really? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like, I think it lost all the like Dawn of the Dead is more of a satire, the original. Or yeah, it, like I think if you abandon satire, you're kind of abandoning the point. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm a huge like we had the we had the uh, Batman v Superman <laughs> discussion. Yeah. yeah, I I'm a Zack Snyder guy except for Sucker Punch. That was uh. Eh. That was okay. Yeah that that one that movie in particular is like it it goes to show how, how the reason why Zack Snyder can't do um the word that you just said that I'm now blanking on uh like satire or satire that's it like he can't do satire because like. Like that's what he because that's no, what you're, that movie you're, was supposed yes, to be. Yes, and no, there's some great visuals. I mean, there's. I mean, yeah. I would say, hey, you made a great video for Army of Me. Why yeah. do I have to watch another 90, 90 minutes of this? <laughs> yeah, like the the great like the ge- great is, use is of Jenna she... Malone. It's Oscar Isaac's good. I mean, ugh. I forgot Oscar Isaac was in that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh. Like the problem is, is that he tried to, 
common like make commentary while doing the exact things that he was making commentary about yes like and that's why it just kind of fell flat was it's like okay you're you're trying to say that these things are bad and we should stop doing them by doing them like you're not you're not doing it and then commenting on it you're not lampshading it really no i mean you're just doing it like oh no and he he's great at adaptation i liked watchmen i liked 300 but yes yeah yeah no like that was that was that was my that's my assessment of Zack snyder is that Zack snyder is best when he's not telling his own story yes telling somebody else's story right right if he He's he's a great tracer. He can trace with the best of them, but just don't let him draw anything himself. <laughs> then it goes off the rails. Then you oh. get Martha. I which I'm, I, not, I'm actually not mad about. Yeah, like, okay. I, I, all right, all right, that's all right. the one that everybody points at. Yes. So I I I say that as a universal experience. I think that that is that is one of the smarter scenes in yes. the movie. It's yeah. just that it is. It's the only thing that's memorable uh, <laughs> about that movie, uh, and then it just kind of sticks out. I, as I say, I've I've ran into too many people who act exactly like Lex Luthor to, in that movie, so it's like, no, yeah. I, I I I'm for it. Um, so, yeah. um, but you know, talking about adaptation, Raul Dahl, <laughs> Raul Dahl, Willy Wonka uh, and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, um, <laughs> the I mean, thing he, that we're talking I think. About. I think he wrote it like he wrote the script for the for the um film yeah yeah he was he's he wrote the screenplay along with uh another person yes um i'm calling um i i bought a new chromebook just so i can have a second screen it's cheaper than a bloody surface and i I have a second screen (laughs) oh well but i also have like ten thousand tabs up yeah right and DB app is not working as well as I'd like. Raul Dahl. Okay, just hit the writer's link, Russ. Come on. Uh, okay, uh, David Seltzer, which I'm, I'm definitely know of him. What's he got? Wait, what? David Seltzer, born 1940, Highland oh. Highland Park, Illinois. I'm sorry, I'm not re- I'm not reacting to that. Yeah. I was reacting to the fact that apparently they're coming up with a there's a new with Tim with Timmy with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I thought that was uh, old news by this point. I forgot about that. Okay, but we'll we'll get yeah. to, we'll get we'll, we'll get, get to back. that when um I you know I bring up Charlie inevitably because uh, yeah. I did see it and I'm not just I was I I, I think I understood it. Um, yeah. so. I mean, Raul Dahl wrote this movie um, pretty much understanding that his own material can't be translated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's 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 his own intelligence. I mean, health. Smacking great spy. What can you say? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to just have to let this podcast roll. I'll figure a way to... Um, <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Um, so, um, which, as I say, well, he wrote you know uh he wrote wrote he wrote plenty of screenplays he's you know mm-hmm. i wouldn't say writer for hire but you know yeah. um so he really uh, he figured a way to put this you know the word the biggest problem with this movie or challenge i'd say with this movie is finding i'm trying to count the oompa loompas now is they're dancing after mike tv got zapped 
that got put in the purse. I got two, four, five. I did notice a fat one, which I guess yeah. I'm a judgmental asshole for that one. Uh, four, five. Well, we only got five in this number, so I'm assuming eight or so. Mm-hmm. Um, little persons to, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Oompa Loompas would be the biggest challenge for this movie. There's a lot of great robot chicken sketches about uh, Oompa Loompas. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm five and a half feet tall in good shoes. I think I can do a full cartwheel. Um, I hate to judge these little buggers, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, th- there is something to be said about this movie, and like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory goes into this a little bit more. And I, again, I haven't seen this movie. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now curious enough to check it out because I watched, I actually watched an, uh, in preparation for this. Um, it's hard to believe, but yes, I did try and prepare stuff for this. Um, was a uh, video essay by a YouTube channel called Just Right about Willy Wonka, or it's called Willy Wonka and the Myth of the Lazy Poor. Um, And it brought up a lot of interesting things uh, that I'm going to parrot now because I wanted to talk about them. Right. Uh, In the fact that, like, you you even made the joke earlier when we were talking about Grandpa Joe, and, like, Grandpa Joe is a terrible character in this movie. No, no stop on that one. He's just a he's just a bad guy. Like he wants what's best for Charlie, but he's also like really selfish. And like immediate, like there's something to be said from him going from, oh yeah, Charlie, you have a a golden ticket to, well, I have a golden ticket. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I... okay, Grandpa, mm-hmm, sure. Well, he did been get, in bed he, for twenty years. As soon as you hear, as soon as you smell that chocolate, your feet's on the floor. Uh huh. Well, I mean, Charlie did invite him primarily. So it's, yes, yes, but that doesn't mean that you have the chocolate. You gra- you crotch the old man, um, and he learns it at the end when Charlie yeah. goes and when, does the right thing with the gobstopper, yes. which I am so smacking pissed. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just doing it for the sake of it um that he um that willy wonka Mm uh and i and i copy and pasted from my notes how the bloody hell did um willy wonka like the candy company actually exist and i guess it Mm -hmm. was quaker oats backed this movie with three million dollars and of course it got sold to inevitably got sold to uh nestle and then i think ferrera and chicago owns it now but yeah that makes sense um oh geez i had something i think i've just that that research actually um so no the gobstopper Mm -hmm. why the bloody hell does a got an everlasting gobstopper which is an all right candy Mm mm-hmm not look like an everlasting gobstopper stopper from this movie uh because it's a weird shape like it's it's very weird like it has like, and okay yeah. if it's if it's supposed to be everlasting i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's meant for kids who don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. but you know if they got that 
let's just go and say if you give me a candy that's not going to lose flavor i'll play pay twice the price of a king size bar yeah so in modern figures i'm talking four dollars yeah i'll pay that like you you, like i think i think the i think the luxury of having a bloody gobstopper (laughs) would be worth that worth that awkward look and shape you've you and like i you i think you've just pinpointed the paradox of the gobstopper is that the 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 purpose for the gobstopper is to be everlasting it is supposed to be for kids who have very little pocket money so they can have candy they can just have something to suck on the whole time Mm. but but like in like economic terms it makes more sense to have people pay more for it because they're going to have more out of it thus making it inaccessible to the kids that the thing was made for (laughs) Hey, which just... which leads us to the actual uh like villain of the movie capitalism yes no dun, i dun, was dun. well no no i was about to say like um uh, if slugworth was real yeah he would probably have killed the kids and their families instead of paying them i i don't well because I, I mean, that's I'm definitely saying, not above. That's definitely not below what he would do. But I don't. But I. I feel like that's a short-sighted plan. In the fact I, that you could, but like the what the would Vlad, thing, Vladimir Putin do? And that's what. Like, I mean, yeah, you got a point there. It's just that, like it. Um. I could definitely see him if if he was actually in a position to where he could he could do that. He I could see him like kidnapping some people and then like getting his own spies in there. If he was if he's really the worst and that cutthroat, then yeah, absolutely. And you know, if he's going to disappear him, then that that's really at his discretion if he's going to do that or not um but yeah no i it, all he would do all he would have to do is find one of them and then just get to them before they got went public because again like in this alternate universe the most important thing that's going on on the planet is this contest which i will and- I, I will have to address real quick fast because i find this movie to be a lot like say uh there was a team of direct writers i should say uh zuckers abram and zuckers Mm -hmm. uh who did airplane top secret the naked gun Mm -hmm. and i see a lot of like this movie was ahead of its time as we all Mm -hmm. say but it's like the imagery of the k the van unloading at the white house yes and or the armored truck unloading wonka bars or the uh no, you, you're absolutely right like now that you think about it it's just that absurdist comedy yeah it's just played so straight and like, the and the and the woman who's getting the who's waiting on the hostage takers demands <laughs> how much time will i have to think about it <laughs> um uh, 
which which to be honest is still nicer than how other people would approach that scene oh, <laughs> at well, which point depending not... on how much she liked her spouse well i i'm thinking to the um ah shoot all the money in the world i think it was the ridley scott movie where they edited out kevin spacey and replaced him with christopher Plummer. oh yeah like how much would you pay nothing and it's weird i just had a lot of vibe honestly this week uh, i listened to a podcast from the ringer network on spotify look i'm not faulting spotify for spending well they made a bad decision with joe rogan but yeah i mean i the reason i subscribed is because i was sick of hearing ads ads for the obamas and i bloody love the obamas Mm. well hey no no as i say i'm a communist government Mm. okay we we know anarchist leftist uh social like we we have our degrees um so I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm just saying that Barack Obama is a war criminal, just like all other presidents, and we should okay. probably not have our leaders be war criminals. Like, I don't know. Like, we shouldn't have an office where it is required for you to become a war criminal just by association. Like, perhaps that is a thing we should address. Eh. Also, we should address the fact that Barack Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize for marketing, not for actually doing anything, but for causing such good public opinion about himself, despite doing nothing. I I don't think he did nothing. I blame the fact that I blame the you can say the marketing. I will say I'll give you that the marketing, but like okay change hope all right what are you gonna do america i'm what do you want mr obama that's me and then yeah. you have 75 percent of what do you mean what do we have to do mm. that's my opinion so yeah uh, so but it's like that's so that's why i'm not not angry at spotify i'm angry at spotify for abusing artists but yeah. They're basing that upon the entire the entire industry, which has been abusing artists since. I mean, let's, since let's, the beginning. Let's yeah, I was gonna say let's just face it. Rock and roll is black. <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't fault Spotify too much. And uh, what I'm gonna subscribe to Apple, and of course, eh, Steve Jobs ain't no fucking saint. <laughs> like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism no no boycotts, boycotts don't work like you know i uh, hey you're kind of screwed you're talking to a guy who was pissing on saudi arabian politics and then my football club in england got purchased by the saudi public fund Oof. well i mean i dealt with the rickets and the cubs i mean it, it it was 108 years and with the newcastle united it's coming up on 100 so i i don't i i i winning is the death of idealism mm-hmm. yep it's not even about the greed it's just about the w yeah like yeah. with the cut with well the, i mean it's both but yeah. Well, I'm just saying with the Cubs, like I was at Disney World, and of course I have two Cubs tattoos on my legs. I got a Cub tattoo. 
two cups tattoo lit on my arm. If I'm wearing a tank top, there's five cups tattoos total. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like some guy asked me from security, oh, what do you think of the Cubs? They got rid of everybody. It's like, yeah, that was standard operating procedure all the way up until the rickets. <laughs> like, was it worth the W? The only problem I have with the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016 is what happened the mm-hmm. next week. I would have what been happened happy. the next week. I wasn't paying attention during that time. So the Cubs won in the first week of November. They won the World Series. Yeah, I was. I was actually. Th- so what's funny the is sec- I say the, I wasn't paying attention. The second. The second week of November was another. Somebody else won. Oh, yeah. I, I don't they, know what what you're talking about. Oh, uh, so the Cubs won the first week of November. Donald Trump won the second week. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. no, no. I just wanted to, I just, I would have been happy with a pennant. I mean, that was 70 years in the waiting. Yeah, no. I, I should know this because I drove Uber in, when I was talking about driving Uber in Chicago, it was during that time. Right. I, I was on the ground. In or in Chicago oh. when they won the World Series, I was in Wrigley Park when they when they won. Yeah, um, yeah. I was in I Wrigley, was Wrigleyville. I'm sorry, I'm yeah Wrigleyville. Like, yeah. like no, but 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 by what I mean is is that yeah. I was at the stadium when it yeah happened. no I, <laughs> I I get that it's like and you're you're just talking to somebody who's mm-hmm. you know my only tattoo was supposed to be the Cubs logo on my left arm and then my best friend passed not even mm-hmm. a month later and it's like well i gotta get a tribute to her mm-hmm. and then you're addicted to tattoos yep yeah yep my so. first tattoo was a tribute for my friend uh as well and then i got another one that was a tribute to my grandma and then well, I that, just that's two more that no that sounds better that sounds better than me like oh i got a tattoo because i just need to get that out of my system and <laughs> then i get a tribute tattoo and then it's like well then i'm gonna do a wrestling related tattoo because i was doing a star wars gimmick and then one of my favorite mm-hmm. wrestlers was the fallen angel christopher daniels and he is an onk on his chest well what if i do an imperial emblem on my chest Ooh, okay and i did that mm-hmm. and then like the next year all right well you know i'm dealing with a lot of shit in regards to taking care of all my best friends, junkie friends. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm depressed. I got a tattoo, which is Conti for either heaven or to die young <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, on my stomach. And then like um, my best friend was complaining about the fact that I was, I wasn't cutting myself to like for attention necessarily. Like, no, I just cut myself before I go to bed, hoping I bleed out before morning. Mm. Well, yeah, but people are going to see that, Russ. So I got tattoos on my the inside of my wrist, so I don't do that. And then I'm 32 tattoos in. <laughs> so you come up with stupid reasons to keep doing them. That's what I'm saying. And I don't regret any of them. Yeah. Not questioning the reasoning is stupid. Just Hey, what once you get it done? <laughs> no. And I am bloody jonesing for, for some new week. Uh, me too. I it's been I want to say four years since my last one. 
Oh gosh, I hope you've given plasma, man. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've been given plasma for uh ironically four years. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, like oh. I took a year off so I could actually give cell plasma and then I get there no. and it's like eh, it doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just keep prioritizing other things. Uh, which you then, should. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely like I have like I have a um I have a um like I have two sleeves planned. Like as soon as I get into a financially stable enough place to where I can comfortably be like, okay, tap me up. Like I, I already have what I'm going to get planned out. It's just a matter of being financially stable enough to just be like, okay, tats mm. all day. Yep. <laughs> um, but... Or for me to make friends with a really nice, <laughs> really nice uh, tattoo artist. Well, if you got if you got your uh, material picked out, uh, nose from uh, Twisted Visions is all right, guy. Okay. Um, nose from Twisted Visions. Yeah, Eric, Eric is his real name, but yeah. Okay. Can I hear a wahoo?